Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers, and welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and this show is brought to you by the Law Offices of Hoyt and Brian, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a not-for-profit organization dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. Today, I am honored to be able to introduce to you our special guest. His name is Russell Brewer, and he is the founder and CEO of Spot and Tango. Welcome to the show, Russell. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you, and um, we are dying to know all about you and all about Spot and Tango. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, happy to. Um, the business started in New York City. It's, it's a bit cliche, but in a studio apartment. Um, really all roads lead back to Jack, our 35-pound golden doodle, um, and really cooking homemade meals for Jack you know, since he was a puppy. Um, my wife and I are big food and animal people um, and really have and had you know, some question marks about kibble and what's in kibble and the ingredients and decided we would rather cook for, for Jack than actually buy a commercial kibble product from the superstore, superstore um, supermarket or, or pet store. Um, and really started the brand there, um, cooking homemade meals and, um, you know, background in finance, um, banking in London and then in New York, and eventually um, saw a real opportunity to, to develop a product and a company um, around these functional and, and health and wellness products. All right. So you were inspired by Jack, but then you named your company Spot and Tango. How'd that happen? Yes. Um, we, we found Spot and Tango. Really, the names um, are a nod to, to pets. Um, they're simple. They're ownable. They're memorable. Um, we're doing quite a bit of work now to build stories around Spot and Tango. Um, we have an eye on, on introducing cat food in the not-too-distant future, and, and there could be a nice parallel between Spot being the dog and, and Tango being the cat. I think that's true. Um, we all remember the uh, stories from when we were kids of uh, Run, Spot, Run. That's right. Absolutely. Well, well spot, spot is uniquely dog, right? Um, I think everyone knows that, which is, which is great for a brand that's, that's, that's building online um, as far as building credibility and trust um, for an on online audience. So you mentioned that you were cooking homemade meals. I mean, congratulations. I don't know. I barely cook for my husband, so I can't imagine cooking for my six dogs. Um, but you did this because you had some concerns about the quality of pet food that was out there. Can you talk about that, Russell? Sure. There, there, there's some big macro level questions about the pet food industry in general. You know, one big question is as far as regulation, um, AFCO and some of the pet body regulators, there's, there's quite a bit of paperwork. Um, and regulation, but very little enforcement. So you've seen historically over the past 30, 40, and 50 years, you know, big brands, big pet, um, they've started to move and, and have always relied on sourcing from overseas, sourcing from China, um, looking for very low quality ingredients um, to maximize margin. 
um, the supply chain in terms of pet is very consolidated. There's not, not much diversification. So when there is tainted products, um, there can be and have been large recalls. One example of that since 2007, there were large industry-wide recalls. There was uh, a bad batch of wheat gluten sourced from China um, and ended up in 80 to 90 different brands of, of kibble, which were all produced in the same plants in Canada and, of course, sold through uh, large pet stores in, in the U.S., um, and that really raised some flags, um, one in terms of quality control standards, but supplier transparency. Um, ingredients is another big question. Um, rendered meats and use of rendered meat meals, um, it's effectively powdered meats. Um, the use of synthetics or artificial colors, um, artificial additives or preservatives or fillers, you know, people have read or heard about a lot of the you know, disease-dying animals used in pet food. There's been massive recalls. Um, so the real problem, um, the folks and consumers, frankly, don't know what's in the, in that batch of kibble. Um, and because production in many instances is outsourced, the, many, the, the, the brands don't know either. Um, and that's a real big problem. And again, we've seen that on the front lines. Um, typically, it's the vet who sees the dog that has diabetes or allergies or has an you know, incessant scratch. And, and typically, the, the roads all lead back to kibble. Um, and the diet. So there's been a lot of questions. And for us, the, those were a lot of the kind of alarm bells about, you know, these animals are so near and dear to our family, members of our family, and how can we feed them something that's so, so inferior? Um, and that, that was kind of the light bulb moment for us. And I think increasingly consumers are aware of those realities. Um, that's why you, you've seen a big shift towards health and wellness products. Um, you've seen words like organic or minimal ingredient or single ingredients, um, you see more domestic sourcing. So the industry is slowly moving in the right direction. It's still very much um, in the early days, um, and we're very much a leader in that in that innovation revolution. Well, congratulations on that. And uh, I think you're right, though. I think we're seeing more uh, fruits and vegetables maybe in our um, pet food. And um, there, there's been this whole trend away from um, – wheat or gluten in pet food. Can you talk a little bit more about that and why people either should be concerned about that or, you know, is grain-free really a thing we ought to be um, striving for? Sure. So all dogs are different um, depending on breed, age, activity level, and lifestyle. Um, you know, there are, like in the human space, there are fads um, as far as what is considered good quality or whether something should be gluten-free or grain-free, et cetera. Um, at Spot and Tango, we, actually offer, we do offer grain-free recipes. We have recipes with brown rice, with grains. We have recipes with quinoa and millet, um, which are actually defined as seeds. Um, so, so those are grain-free diets. Really, we're, we're appealing to a broad array of appetites and tastes. You know, you know truthfully, you know, this is not one-size-fits-all for all different types of dogs. Um, and so we want to make sure that we have different diets for those, for those different breeds. And of course, you know, dogs can have allergies or, and reactions to certain things. Um, again, depending on their stage of life, if they've had cancer or, or different uh, medical procedures or treatments. So, you know, does every dog need to have a grain-free diet? No. You know, do some dogs need that based on their dietary needs as it dies by their vet? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and, and our products uh, and our services are, are meant to meet the needs uh, the consumer and the dog, whatever those needs may be. Um, you know, in terms of organic or all natural, you know, those words are thrown around quite a bit in the industry. Um, all natural is defined by what? Um, you know, an all, all naturally occurring 
entity in, in nature. Um, you know, maybe yes, maybe no. Um, a lot of the commercial table brands do use that. Um, but to your point about more in vegetables, more carrots, more peas, um, more farm-raised ingredients, yes, we, we've seen some of that too. So the, the, there's, a, there's a wide variety. Um, and again, this industry has evolved, much like the human space has, and that's why you see some of those buzzwords on the packaging. Sure. So um, talk to us a little bit about um, the actual ingredients that you do use in your foods. Yes. Yeah, so we, we have two different formats of product. We have our fresh line and our fresh dry line recently launched last week called Unkibble. It's the only fresh dry food for dogs in the marketplace. Um, in our fresh line, we have three proteins, beef, turkey, and lamb. Each has a starch, beef and millets, turkey and red quinoa, and lamb and brown rice. And each recipe has a blend of fresh carrots, peas, spinach, and parsley. Um, they're minimal ingredient diets. Um, they are completely balanced for all life stages developed by our team of leading animal nutri nutritionists. Uh, our fresh dry line has three recipes. We have a chicken and a beef uh, and a duck and salmon, which is our hypoallergenic line. And again, they're all fresh dry, so it's in a shelf-stable format. Um, maintains the same health and wellness and ingredient integrity as our fresh line. Um, the only difference being the fresh dry process, and that's really taking whole ingredients and using a and cooking at very low temperature in a vacuum chamber environment, which extracts the water from the product um, from each sphere, uh, which effectively yields a dry format. Um, we don't use any artificial coloring uh, or food flavoring or additives or preservatives at all. Um, you know, again, in the industry, in the pet food industry, you'll see a lot of extruded pet foods which are cooked at high temperature and high heat, which neutralizes a lot of the naturally occurring vitamins and minerals. Um, we don't need to do that in our process. Again, it's all gently cooked um, at low temperature, but that's some commentary about, about some of the ingredients. Again, all natural, sourced in the USA, um, and exclude all, all of the bad stuff. So on your new fresh dry line, this unkibble, which I, I love that term, by the way, um, is it, would, would you, would it be the same as like freeze dried or how is that different um, where they take the water out of the product? Yeah, so, so you've seen a lot of freeze dried raw recipes in the marketplace and those are typically 95% meat. Uh, and, and, and our raw diet. Our, our products, our fresh dry products are not that as far as the ingredient composition is concerned. Um, they're 50% protein derived from meat, 30% starch and 20% vegetable um, and fruits. The, compos the composition is vastly different um, and, and the process is different as well. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Um, and, you know, you mentioned that there's a lot of terminology out there that maybe people get confused by um, because we say things that are organic or holistic or um, maybe the term human grade is confusing to people as well. Can you explain that? Yes, yes, that's a great question. Um, and, and that can be confusing. There's a lot of education required. Um, there are feed grade facilities where you can produce a product and then there are human grade facilities. So your lean cuisine at the grocery store or any, any, any frankly, any meal um, or food in a Whole Foods or a Stop and Shop or a Fairway or, or other or Kroger or otherwise, those are all produced in human grade facilities. There are certain SQF level three standards, quality control standards, temperature control standards, testing standards. Um, there's a very different 
um, quality control minimum where human food is produced. The pet industry, as far as kibble, are produced in feed grade facilities. Those quality control protocols are non-existent. Um, that's why many manufacturers can source uh, ingredients from a variety of suppliers that may or may not be well vetted. Um, their temperature control standards are far inferior. That's why you've seen a lot of recalls or listeria or E. coli outbreaks um, in those facilities. Spontango recipes are produced in food-grade facilities. Um, that's why we use the word human-grade. We're not producing in kibble. We're not mixing with kibble. Um, we are producing in, in plants and in, in commercial kitchens that are producing human food. Um, and the ingredients that we source are very much things that we would eat for dinner. You know, again, fresh carrot peas, wonderful 80-20 ground beef, lamb, turkey. Um, so as far as the ingredient inputs, they're the same. And in terms of the environment where they are cooked, very much the same as a human food product. So you probably wouldn't recommend that people eat your dog food, but could they? They could, absolutely. And, and we, we use it for what makes this food complete and balanced. We use a, a proprietary blend of vitamins and minerals with the ingredients, the whole ingredients, to make it complete and balanced for dogs of all life stages. That's including puppies and adults. But yes, humans can eat it. I've eaten it. Uh, the teams uh, are required to take a sample as well. Um, again, these are not inferior ingredient inputs, so it's, it's perfectly safe for human consumption. Um, and, and obviously, we advocate it for dogs. Right. So you mentioned um, the sourcing of these ingredients. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Where do you go to find the ingredients that you use in your product? Sure. So so we, we think about sustainability and local um, and ethical sourcing and behaviors from soup to nuts throughout the supply chain, whether that's from vertical integration or working with local farms um, around the New York area community. I mean, that, you know, originally we would source um, all of our ingredients from the farmer's market in Union Square um, in Manhattan, if you've ever been there. And they work with a number of farms within a 50-mile radius of the five boroughs. Um, you know, those relationships are longstanding. And we think about those types of relationships um, and those types of behaviors, whether they're, they're farms that subscribe to sustainable and holistic farming practices, or whether that applies to our eco-friendly packaging. All of our materials are corn, are comprised of cornstarch, um, which is 100% biodegradable. Actually, it dissolves in water. All of our boxes are made from 100% recyclable materials. They're all certified curbside recyclable. So we think about the supply chain and sourcing. It applies to every facet of our business. Um, everything that we produce is made and sourced in the USA, which is also very important. Obviously, there may be some concerns now about sourcing from overseas, and we pride ourselves in our, our U.S. relationships. Well, that's great because I know a lot of people are um, becoming increasingly aware of where things are sourced, and I think we're probably entering an era of people being more U.S. focused. So um, that's really great to know that um, they don't even have to think about that with Spot and Tango. Absolutely. I, I do want our listeners to know that there are a lot of really good question and answers on the spotandtango.com website. Um, if you have questions or, or if we've said something that didn't exactly make sense, um, you referenced, um, Russell, uh, AFCO. Can you tell us a little bit more about who they are and why we care about what they think? Yes. Yeah, so, so, so AFCO has been around for many, many years. Um, AFCO effectively sets the standards and guidelines um, for pet food manufacturing, pet food labeling, and the pet food industry. 
Um, it's, it's really the acronym for the Association of American Feed Control Officials. Um, the website's afco.org. Um, it really ensures that those that produce pet food need to abide by certain standards. Um, you can't just make a product and put it on shelf without having it rigorously developed or tested in an AFCO-approved laboratory or licensed by the USDA, all things which we've done. And again, puppies need different diets than adult dogs or higher protein. Different breeds may have different diet requirements or weight weight or age or lifestyle may dictate calories. AFCO is advising on all of those areas um, and ensures that pet food companies are abiding by those protocols. And that's very much something that we are uh, and acknowledge. And that's why we use statements on our website, like all of our recipes are complete and balanced for all life stages, according to the nutritional guidelines established by, by AFCO. And that, that kind of industry jargon or, or semantic, but those are you know, credible and important words when people are, and I encourage people when they do select their pet food to make sure that those manufacturers are, are using those types of statements, um, whether you have an adult dog or, or a puppy. Um, and again, that, that's really the industry regulator um, for us, and we've been very close to them since we started the business. And then where does the uh, World Small Animal Veterinary Association come into play? It, it appears that maybe they publish some questions that we should be asking about dog food. They do. They do indeed. And, and our website, in our FAQs, you can learn more about AFCO and our WSAVA um, guidelines. And again, these are questions that I think it's important that pet parents understand a brand's position as related to the regulatory environment and WSAVA guidelines. Um, and those are things that we subscribe to. And again, you can look on our website. We'll provide detail to those types of answers. Again, it, it really, it's a holistic view of the industry um, and pet food products in particular. And it's, it's information exchange. And I think ever more you know, consumers are demanding this level of transparency. Um, and it's forcing brands to, to, to raise their hand and say, hey, you know, we do these things. Um, and we abide by these guidelines. And our products are developed or lab tested and are credible and can be trusted. And that's really important. And frankly, that's what I, I demand of, of our team uh, and our products as well as a pet parent. Well, and that sounds like a very responsible thing to do for pet parents. And, and that's what we want to encourage is that people make uh, good, well-informed decisions related to their pets and not just buy the cheapest dog food on the, on the shelf just because it's available. Um, I know one of the things that I'm always challenged by, I have six dogs ranging in, in uh, size from five pounds to 85 pounds. Um, how, how do I figure out how much each dog really should be eating? Right. Great, great question. So there's really rooted in, in volume is the size of your dog. The weight is an important consideration. Um, your body, your dog's body type. Um, your body, your dog's activity level. Obviously, if you had two bulldogs and one was 20 pounds overweight, um, that bulldog should, should be consuming fewer calories per day than, a, than, than his or her brother, who may be a bulldog um, who's at a target weight. Um, our algorithm on our website takes into consideration all of those factors to inform the calories that your dog should consume per day. Um, you know, one of the shortfalls of the commercial kibble industry, as far as feeding guidelines are concerned, is there are wide weight band estimates on the back of the bag as far as what to feed. Um, you know, as an example, a 20 to 40 pound dog should, should serve one to three scoops per day. Well, that's, that's a very big range. Um, 
interestingly, many pet parents don't know how much their dog weighs, whether that dog weighs 22 or 28 pounds or 32 pounds. Um, that can inform different levels of, or different portions, and that can inform different levels of calories consumed per day. That's why there's a, an obesity problem that affects one in three dogs in this country, which is 30 million dogs. You know, there's 90 million dogs, one in three. 30 million are overweight. Um, that's a, a, a direct result of portion control and, frankly, confusion. People don't know how to interpret those guidelines, which are, frankly, um, not prescriptive enough. And that's where, really where a spot and tango step changes as far as how we inform the calories. Um, with our Unkibble product, we're excited to announce that we actually include a custom scoop in your bag. Um, that custom scoop is dictated to your dog's answers and aligned to the answers in our quiz on our website, which does inform how many calories they should consume per meal. It's one scoop per meal, depending on your dog. And that level of customization, I think, frankly, is um, people expect that now, and they, sh and they deserve it, frankly. Um, and that, that's a bit, of, a bit of commentary about historically where portions are um, and, where, and where that's headed. Well, I think that's interesting because uh, with six dogs, I'd have to actually have, I guess, six different scoops, each one with their name on it. Um, that's right. So, <laughs> so that I wouldn't get that confused. But my husband and I have an ongoing joke because uh, he was feeding the dogs um, at dinner. I was feeding them their breakfast. He was feeding them dinner. And some of them were getting fatter and fatter and fatter. So I have now taken over both breakfast and dinner feedings. And um, now I only have two fat dogs out of six. Um, so I'm right exactly. there in the one out of three. <laughs> right. And, and, and you, know, there, there, you know, there are human behaviors as far as that's a great example in the household, whether, you know, that, that husband or the brother or the wife or, or, or otherwise feeding um, in the morning or the evening, people also, there's table scraps, people also feed treats, um, which can be very cal calorific, you know, 30 or 40 calories per treat. You know, if your dog does 10 tricks a day, that's 10 treats, that's over 300 calories per day in treats alone. Um, and again, people forget that behavior. Um, they may focus more on the meal and then in between the lines, there's some incentives or, or some snacking as well, which can be a contributor to weight gain. Absolutely. Or um, I think one of my dogs really just probably has a thyroid problem or he's just one of those dogs that's like some of us people that, um, you know, I just gain weight when I look at food. Right, right. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> um, he, he is... Uh, definitely hefty for his size and uh he really doesn't eat all that much um but he's always hungry so sometimes you know that's true for the best of us is that we are, are hungrier than we should be and and eat more than we should and certainly my husband doesn't help by feeding my dogs a little bit of ice cream every single night right <laughs> <laughs> member of the family right exactly um so you describe your company as an e-commerce company. Um, what does that mean as compared to maybe going to a traditional uh, brick-and-mortar type store? Yes, great, great question. So we sell online is the short answer. We're, we're direct-to-consumer, i.e. we ship our products direct to your doorstep. Um, we have four facilities located in the U.S., in New York, Ohio, Nevada, and Wisconsin. Um, Customers can purchase our product on our website. Um, that information is passed to our logistics teams um, and to our cooking teams as we prepare meals and, and ship them from our facilities. We use FedEx Ground, um, and we're typically uh, from order to delivery is 48 hours, so it's very quick. 
Um, we can access 98% of the country within a, within a two-day shipping radius, um, which is very fast. That's one of our, I would say, competitive advantages. Um, we can only sell online currently. Um, that being said, in the future, there's certainly opportunities to diversify um, where we sell our products, whether that's in pet specialty stores or on other websites like Amazon or Chewy, um, for sure. But now, um, you know, our focus is really supporting the Uncable brand and, and growing and, and making a, a, a great company. Um, and then, you know, in the future, looking for ways to diversify um, where we sell our products. Well, I think that um, people do love options for uh, where they can get their stuff, but we're all very familiar, I think, with uh, ordering things online from our favorite um, providers. Right. You, um, so Unkibble is brand new for you, and you're very excited about that. I think that's great. So now... Um, if I'm a person that's looking at the difference between feeding your fresh variety or the unkibble variety, how do I make up my mind? Right. Great, great question. So it's really, it's really based on your dog's preference and historical behavior. Um, you know, as an example, we offer a topper plan um, with our fresh products. You can actually put our fresh food on top of an existing kibble diet. Um, which incentivizes consumption, increases palatability. You can, of course, only feed Spontang on the fresh line. You may travel quite a bit um, and want to have a more shelf-stable option um, for your dog. The, the, our fresh line, you do store in the refrigerator, um, which is required, whereas our shelf-stable version, you can store in the pantry. So th there's a convenience aspect um, to either or. Um, we also have some fun, what we call inclusions, um, some pieces on uh, on top of our uh, recipes like cranberries and green beans and beef liver and chicken liver, which were, are, are wonderfully odorous and um, do increase palatability of the product. But again, formats down to dog's preference um, and behavior. And again, um, depending on their experience with kibble or their products, you know, some dogs do prefer kibble. There's a good crunch, good for cleaning the teeth. Um, it, it provides good um, sensory stimulation. Um, other dogs are very picky, finicky eaters. They don't touch kibble or the dry product, and they and they work well with fresh. Uh, senior dogs who may have brittle teeth um, and can't really crunch on a sphere um, prefer the fresh line because once it's uh, defrosted, it's it's quite soft to the touch um, and extremely palatable and digestible. So again, it's it's very much uh, based on the dog's unique needs. And fortunately, we offer a a trial of uh, both the fresh and the fresh dry and kibble line. Um, so you can give it a try for 14 days. We offer a full money-back guarantee, um, and it gives people an opportunity to test either both, um, both formats, give us their feedback, um, and, and select a product that, that best, best meets um, their interests and needs. That's awesome. So uh, no risk, money-back guarantee. If your dog doesn't like it or likes one better than the other, um, thank you for doing that, Russell. We appreciate that. Absolutely. So, People are, are hearing us talking about um, uh, all the benefits of this uh, human grade, uh, where you started cooking homemade. Um, should I maybe just make my dog food at home? You, you absolutely could. And, and actually, when we started the business, we had no idea how many people make homemade dog food. Um, it, it's awesome. Um, it's, it's really people taking ownership for their, um, their pets. Um, and, and our believers um, in this idea, um, in this offering, I would, I would just highlight that it's important to know that these ingredients and dogs do have a wide array of nutritional needs. It's not just, you know, a ground beef and, and rice and spinach 
get dish, although that sounds wonderful and may look colorful and very appetizing, doesn't necessarily meet all of the nutritional needs of your dog based on their life stage and some of the other factors um, we've discussed during our chat. So, you know, people do need to make sure that they are addressing all the nutritional guidelines in AFCO and more specifically those are things like the right levels of vitamin A, B, D, C, E, um, riboflavins, calcium, phosphorus, all these wonderful things that help our bodies function and grow muscle and build immunity and boost energy, um, et cetera. All of those things are appropriate levels um, that are very much suited to the canine world and to your dog. And so I think for folks that cook at home, and this is very much our experience, we cooked at home. Um, it was fantastic. The neighbors wanted it, and the neighbors, the neighbors wanted it. And then we said, well, well hang on a second. We want, if we want to build a business around this, you know, let's take these homemade recipes and evolve them into solutions that really address all of the nutritional needs of an animal. And that's where we stepped up our game as far as working with our team of animal nutritionists and developing those recipes. So there is a difference. Um, there is a good company actually called Balance It's Balance IT. Um, they're wonderful um, as far as helping customers um, and consumers look at their dog's dietary needs and, and better understand maybe what some of the vitamin and mineral additives should be to a homemade recipe um, that can make it complete and balanced. I'd recommend people check out that website, um, Balance IT. Um, but generally speaking, where there's a step change spot and tango is the fact that we have consulted um, folks who know what they're doing and folks that have designed a, a number of recipes uh, in the past and, and for us specifically. Yeah, because I think you could really get in trouble if you um, if you just kind of made the same thing for your dog every day um, and it wasn't nutritionally balanced and didn't have um, certain uh, minerals or vitamins in it um, that, I mean, even for humans, I mean, when we don't eat properly, we have to take a multivitamin uh, to help balance right. out our bad eating. Exactly. That, 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 that's the analog. Um, you know, it's the you know, eating McDonald's every day for a month, well, we know the, the result of that would be, you know, well-defined. Um, that's why taking into account and thinking about what you're ingesting um, and reading the labels and understanding um, the business background and the ingredient sourcing, all of those wonderful things, those are all important inputs as you, as you make an informed purchase decision. So you've sold me on the idea. I, I don't want to cook for my dogs. I don't want to cook for my husband. I don't want to cook for myself. Right. Um, <laughs> so um, am I going to go broke trying to um, buy food this way? Tell me a little bit about how much it costs. Yes. Yeah, so, so meals start at $3 a day. Um, it's very much affordable for the fresh line. We offer two, um, two different meal plans, which is only spot and tango or a topper plan. So people do use our products in conjunction with a kibble. Um, our unkibble, if you want to use kind of a, a price comparison, um, our unkibble is priced competitively with, with premium kibble brands. Um, you know, in terms of what the monthly cost is on average, I would say between $16 and $80 on average, um, which is very much what folks spend on, on kibble. And again, you're really getting a product that is affordable, but is far superior in terms of the health and wellness. Um, and again, what's nice about the product is you can start your subscription or pause at any time. It, we have a wonderful customer portal, which provides um, a great way to control a plan um, as far as where you ship it, where you send it, when you receive it, at what frequency you receive it. So it really removes the, the 
the hassle, if you will, of, of running out and rushing to the store, um, even in this current climate, obviously, there's, there's the great convenience of having something show up with, with, it, with regularity when it comes to food. That's really important. I, and I do appreciate that very much, that uh, I'm not having to worry about, um, am I going to run out? Do I have to go to the store? Are they going to have what I want or what I usually feed? Because um, sometimes that could be a problem. Um, I love it that it just shows up and um, I can feed my dogs in a healthy, happy way. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So what would you leave us with? Things that we should be thinking about as uh, pet parents who love our pets and want to feed them in a healthy way. Um, what what have I failed to ask you on the show that you want to share with people? I think you've asked w- wonderful questions. Um, I, I'm so um, pleased um, to participate in, in, in this conversation. And I would say to, to all of your listeners, um, keep asking questions. Um, keep learning. There's so much information available as far as um, what pet health and wellness is. You know, ultimately, Spontango is building a health and wellness destination. It will be beyond our fresh and kibble line. Stay tuned for treats, um, dental shoes, and some other wonderful products and services in the future. Um, ultimately, all pet parents think about the food they're consuming, but also have questions about dental care, walking, exercise, you know, that touches all facets of a dog's life. And, you know, as a brand partner, we want to be and be able to answer those questions. Um, If folks want to give us a try, we do offer a a friends and family discount for 30% off. It's called Friend of Spots, all one word. If folks enter that into our website at checkout, um, they receive a 30% discount off their try order. Again, if they they don't like it um, or want to try something else, we offer the money-back guarantee and, and free shipping as well. Um, so it's a nice way to, to try the product. I think that is a nice way to try the product. And I think at the beginning of the hour, we were talking about um, Tango being maybe a reference to a cat. So how long before Spot and Tango has something for our feline members of the family? Yes, no, great, great, great question. Um, our, our, our feline friends are equally important. Um, we've spent quite a bit of time on the R&D research and development side. Um, in terms of cat formulations and cat recipes and should have those uh, launched in Q4 of 2020. Awesome. Uh, that's, I'll be looking forward to that because I feel like um, dogs maybe get the lion's share of the attention when it comes to um, the food industry and maybe cats are still a little bit behind and um, not as many options for cats um, for the human grade prepared foods. I think that's right. I think I think cats have been underserved, and they and they, and they deserve um, maybe some more attention as far as the industry is concerned. Um, I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, because I would I just kind of think about the commercial prepared cat cat kibbles that are out there, and they they just really feel like they're nothing but uh, artificial colorings, artificial flavorings, artificial right. additives, and um, right. and we're probably doing our cats a huge disservice. I think so. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you can see that manifested in kibbles that are orange and red and green um, <laughs> and to, to provide the aesthetic illusion that maybe they're all natural when, when they're certainly not. Um, so there, there's a lot of room for growth um, as far as you know, players in this space that, that are pushing the health and wellness opportunity. Um, we welcome those players. We, we see them as more friend than foe. And again, this is about building broader, broader awareness, uh, being mission-driven. Um, it's a very large marketplace. Um, 
we've I've had dogs my entire life. Most of my friends are big dog, big dog and cat people. Um, and it's a topic, right, in, in the household. Everyone talks about their animals. They're, they, again, they're members of the family. Um, and so when it comes to products and services, again, finding companies that are and have integrity is, I would say, somewhat rare, generally speaking. Um, and that's where Spontango wants, wants to be, wants to play. Oh, that's awesome. Well, um, it's nice to know that we have somebody we can trust out there in the food industry that's got our pets' best interests at heart. Um, so our listeners are well aware. We've been talking today with Russell Brewer. He is the founder and the CEO of Spot and Tango, and you can find them at spotandtango.com. And um, they're inviting us to join the Unkibble Revolution. Um, so lots of good information on their site. Um, if you want to know the difference between Unkibble and Kibble, um, they are happy to tell you. Um, you can get a personalized scoop just for your pup so that you know that you're feeding exactly the right amount of food um that's something i need to aspire to so that i don't have one out of three dogs being overweight and um looking forward to trying the product myself russell excellent well peggy thanks so much for having us on the show we're, we're super excited to be here uh, and happy to to exchange some information thank you again Thank you. Thanks to our listeners. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. And uh, special thank you again to Russell for joining us on our show today. Please visit spotandtango.com. I'm sure you can find them all over social media as well. And that's where you can find us as well. You can find us on Facebook at All My Children Wear Fur Coats or on Twitter at Kids in Fur Coats. We're here every week with somebody new and interesting to talk to you about your beloved pets. And you know my personal motto, until there are none, please adopt one. And until next time, happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales!